Well, good morning, church. It's good to be home. I feel like I've been gone three or four months. It's only been a couple of weeks. Um, I want to, first of all, express my thanks to each of you for your support, love, and prayers, your kind words, and the passing of Lynn's father. He passed very unexpectedly, had a heart attack a week ago, two weeks ago today. Sometime in the night, we found him, well, we didn't. A friend of the family found him early Monday morning on Memorial Day. Um, Glenn Roberts, this morning in the class, he led the prayer for those who we had prayer requests, and he made a statement in that, in that prayer. He said something to the effect of being in our right minds. Amen. Amen. The only problem is I'm not in my right mind. I'm not sure where my mind is. Um, it's been kind of a whirlwind of a two weeks for me. Um, so if this sermon is a little convoluted and distressed and you leave here scratching your head, what did he say? Don't take it personally. I'm in the same place you are, so I'm not sure what I'm going to say. But I would like to begin uh, with you this morning the same way that I began a, a eulogy for my father-in-law a week ago Saturday. I want to invite you to take your songbooks, and I want you to look at a song with me. It's on page 308, excuse me, 884. 884. I invite you to sing the first verse of this song with me. Earth holds no treasure but perish with using. However precious they be, yet there's a country to which I am going. Heaven holds all to me, to me. Brighter its glory will be. Joy without measure will be my treasure. Heaven holds all to me. Really? Really? You know, it's, it's not often anymore, and, and I'm guilty of this because I preach here a little bit, but it's not often that we hear many sermons about heaven. We used to hear them all the time. We used to sing a lot of songs about heaven. Back when we sang the old Stamps Baxter songs, and if you don't know Stamps Baxter, it's okay. You're not old enough to know it. That's all right. No worries. Uh, but we used to sing a lot about heaven. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. You know that song. Heaven will surely be worth it all. There's a beautiful place called heaven. You know that song? We used to sing those. We don't do that much anymore. And I don't know why. But I do know why. I think it's because in many ways we've lost that perspective on life. The last couple of verses in the book of Ecclesiastes, I'm not going to read it all to you, and I know I'm not going to, I'm not going to quote it exactly as it's written, but it says something to the effect that the whole of man is to what? Fear God and keep his commandments. How's that working out for you? 
How's that working out for you? See, I chose this text in James because, number one, it's the next verse of Scripture from what I preached last time I was with you. But secondly, I chose this verse, verse of Scripture in James because I really believe this has a lot to do with why we have stopped thinking about heaven and stopped talking about heaven and why we don't really spend a lot of time considering where we're going. A week ago yesterday, I buried my father-in-law. And I'm telling you straight up, the man didn't take anything with him in the casket except the clothes on his back. He didn't even have any shoes on. And we had the challenge of trying to begin to clean out his house because there's no one left in town. Lynn lives here with me. I think she's going to stay, although I wonder sometimes. She can put up with me another 40 years. Today's my anniversary. Yes, thank you. I asked her yesterday if she was ready for another 40 years. She's like, no way. And I understand because if we live another 40, we're both 100, and that's really old. I mean, that's really, that's pretty old. Even though over, some of you live in Laguna Woods, there's this whole group of people at Laguna Woods that are 100 plus. There's a Centennial Club over there. And last I heard, there's like 125 or 130 people in that club. So maybe, maybe that's where I'll end up someday. But, uh, you know, it's interesting. We, we sometimes get so distracted by the things in the world that we forget about where we're going. You're going to college. Freed Hardman, I understand. Congratulations. Great school. Good people. You'll be challenged in your faith, even though you're going to a Christian college. Even though. Some of you are going to start new jobs in the next few weeks or months. You'll be challenged in your faith in the new job. You see, the thing that concerns me and what I want to speak with us about this morning is that I'm afraid we don't really think about where we're going often enough. And it's because we've been distracted by the things of the world. Because we think that the things of the world, we have been tricked into believing that the things of the world are more important than the heavenly things. What's the greatest commandment? Jesus said it. What is it? The greatest commandment is what? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is likened to what? Love your neighbors yourself. All, what did he say after that? All the law and the prophets hang upon these things. Thank you, Brian. All. And yet we go through life sometimes being distracted by the things of the world because we think they're important. And at the end of the day, when we gather and fill up a church building for your memorial service, the only thing that matters is the relationship you've had with God and the love that you've had for the Father and the love that you've had for others. Because I promise you, your 401k is not going. Your retirement income is not going. i got to figure out how to stop VA retirement benefits and Social Security benefits from my father-in-law. I haven't figured that out yet, but i got to figure out how to stop that. None of that goes with you. The writer 
in this book says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, because human anger doesn't produce the righteousness that God desires. What is the righteousness that God desires? He talks about it in a couple of verses, and we're going to look at that in a minute. But the thing that I want us to really understand and recognize is we have to be careful about what we say and how we say it. And we have to be very quick to be patient with people and not so quick to respond because those words can sometimes cut and destroy that relationship. He goes on to say in verse 21, Therefore get rid of all moral filth and the evil that's so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. And see, here's our rub. Here's the rub and here's the challenge in our lives. We're not very eager to get rid of the moral filth and evil that is so prevalent. And I'm not meaning to imply that you have a foul mouth and you say horrible, no good, very bad things. And that's not what I'm implying. What I am trying to get us to understand, though, is that there are a whole lot of evil things in the world that we're not comfortable getting rid of. Because we kind of like walking there. And we're okay with that. There's a lot of evil around us. And we seem to tolerate it more than we ever have in our history. That's concerning. And that's why we really don't think about heaven too much anymore. And we don't sing those songs. And we don't hear all of those sermons. Don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. And what does the word say? Whoever looks intently into the perfect law gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, they'll be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Religion that our God, our Father, accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress. How's that working out for you? In our world, in the United States of America, we depend pretty much on the government to take care of both of these Where's Doug? Doug spent how many years working with orphan children? Those who needed to be adopted over 20 years? 40. 40 years. Are you that old? I didn't think so. He started working with those kids when he was 11. <laughs> 40 years he spent working with families and children who wanted a home, who needed a home. I know in this group, there are some of you women who are widows. And I know that for the most part, your sustenance in life is provided by the accounts, the retirement, the social security system, all of those things that were there, that were set up by you and your family. All of those things are great. But I sometimes wonder if we're missing a lot here but not doing more. And then the most disturbing thing about this is because when we think of this pure religion thing, we, we oftentimes stop right here because that's the easiest one for us to think about and maybe the one that we think we can handle, but then this comes, and to give oneself and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. And this is where I really want to spend the rest of my few minutes with you today. And this is why I believe we don't sing too many songs about heaven anymore. 
because we have become so polluted by the world. What's the last movie you paid to go see? What do you listen to on the radio? What kind of books have you read and what kind of magazines are on your coffee table? And where's Jesus and all of that? You see, we live in a world where Satan is doing a pretty good job of tricking us all into believing that this world is all that it's about and living comfortably and living a good life and enjoying life here is really what life is all about. And that being successful in this world and winning in this world and in life and all the things that we go through in life, that's really what life is all about. And yet for some strange reason over the last two and a half weeks since my father-in-law died, my wife has asked me more than once this question, what is life all about? Because you see, when you come to that moment in your life when you have to take care of the one that you probably love more than anyone else in all the world, and now they're gone, you can't help but wonder, what is life all about? Because I promise you, there isn't anything at 6 Cherry Street in Hinesville, Georgia, that life was really about. It's the memories. It's the love. I had the privilege of speaking at a funeral for a man who served as one of the founding members of that Church of Christ in Hinesville, Georgia, back in the late 50s. I think it was in 1958 or 59. He and a couple of other folks started the Church of Christ there. He served as an elder. He served as a preacher on occasions. He tried to lead singing. He was horrible at it. He couldn't carry a tune in a bucket if he put a lid on it. But he would start songs, and then women, thank you so much for carrying us sometimes because you do an amazing job. They carried him. They did. They carried him because he couldn't sing, but he tried. But he gave his life to service to the church. And I can't help but wonder what we give our lives to I see your Facebook stuff. I see your social media stuff. And I'm not against having fun in life. Don't take all this the wrong way. I'm not against being successful in life. I'm not against even winning in life. But what I am concerned about is when we are polluted by the world and we are corrupted by the world and we are convinced by the things of the world that the things of the world are more important than the things that are of Christ and that the things of the world are more important than the things that are spiritual and that the things of the world are more important than things that are heavenly. That concerns me. I'm just going to be very candid with you this morning like I'm never not. (laughs) I wonder sometimes why I even come here and preach. I wonder why I even come here and preach. 
Because when I look around at what's going on, I don't see much changing. And I just wonder. I'm not resigning. That's not what this is about. Some of you would say, hey, thank you, Jesus. Some would say, no. But I want you to realize that it is more. Life is so much more about the heavenly things. It's not the earthly stuff. It's about when you, whenever the day comes and the good Lord decides, oh, this afternoon is your last afternoon and it's time to come home. Because he knows all of our days. I mean, he does. I'm not saying that he predestined all of that stuff. But trust me, he's got enough sense about him to know when we're going to draw our last breath. And whenever that day comes that you get to draw your last breath, then what? Because all of the things that you work so hard to accomplish in this world, in this life, I promise you, they won't mean anything. What will matter is what happens when you and I stand before God. And he looks at us. And he will say one of two things. He will say, welcome home. Or he will say, depart, I never knew you. I never knew you. And the scary thing is, even when Jesus was saying those kinds of words, people ask him questions like, hey, look, man, when did, we, when did we not care for you? When was it that we didn't come and see you? When didn't we provide for you? And he'll say, look, when you didn't do it to these who are the least of my brothers, you didn't do it to me. And I'm just wondering, I'm just wondering, what are you doing for the least of these? The third verse of this song on page 884. Would you sing this with me, please? Why should I long for the world with its sorrows when in that home or the sea millions are singing the wonderful story? Heaven holds on to me. Heaven holds all to me, to me. Brighter is does it? That, that's really all I want you to think about. Does it? I don't want you to get sucked into this whole thing that Satan's got going where he tries to get us to think that this world is the greatest place and this is where we need to hang out and everything's about living here. I want you to give it all up. And realize that nothing, nothing is greater than heaven. Nothing.
So if I seem a little out of my mind, it's because I am. Because with all of my heart, I believe that the only thing that's worth living for and what life is really all about is getting out of here and going to heaven. That's all it is. I teasingly and jokingly told my wife, I said, hey, look, if you can figure out the answer to that question, we'll write a book and we'll make a gazillion dollars. Because philosophers and all the greatest minds in the world have, trying to been figure out, have been trying to figure out what life is all about and what's the meaning of life forever. That's one of the greatest questions. And Jesus answered it. He said, I am the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And I've come to take you with me to where I'm going. And where I'm going, you can come. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I've gone to prepare a place for you, I will come again. And I will take you. And none of us really knows when he's coming to take us. But I promise you, he's coming. So... You think we can maybe focus on heaven a little bit more? From day to day, hour to hour, week to week, and not be quite so concerned about the stuff, the jobs, the money, the success, the whatever. Do you notice how I said that? Whatever. Pure Southern California. You didn't know that, did you? I invite you to give your heart to Jesus. If you want to come to the front, let us pray with you. We'd love to. But more importantly, I just want you to make a commitment in your own heart as we sing this song that Jesus is worth it all. And heaven is worth it all. We're going to sing this song that Brandon selected, Light the Fire. I stand to praise you, to fall on my knees. My spirit is willing, my flesh is so weak. Our flesh is weak. That's why we need Jesus. Let's stand and sing this song and encourage one another.